0: Welcome to this podcast from the Vessel Collective Church here in the heart of Texas. Our mission is to be vessels of the living Christ, set apart for His purpose and His kingdom. We thank you for sharing in this message here today. Morning, and thank you for starting your year off right uh, by being in this gymnasium uh, and celebrating the start of a new year with us and the Lord and with our church and so I'm really grateful for everyone that's here today um, as we kind of enter into this new year one thing that we've we've done the last several years as we've kind of kicked off the new year is started with uh, just some like kind of fresh vision and fresh calling for the year and I, I can't tell you how much I love seasons I'm a huge fan of a change in season and an into summer, a start to school, and an into the year, a start to the new year. And so I love it. And I think that it is so biblical. And if you look at scripture, you look at the Lord and you think about God's creation, how God created us and how he created seasons and times and changes, uh, I believe that he is a very nostalgic and intentional God. And so even as we as we enter into this new year and wrap up last year is as, as crazy as Christmas and New Year's Eve was for our family. I'm so excited about the Sunday and I'm so excited for starting back. Uh, and so I just want to kind of, as we enter into the new year, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking a little bit of vision and calling for our church and for the vessel as we start 2022. Uh, and I don't know if you remember, but uh, this. You know, two years ago, as we were praying with our prayer team this morning, we talked about the idea of flourishing and how in 20, coming into 2020, we felt like the Lord was calling us to flourish, to flourish as a church. We were brand new. We were just starting, and kind of our, our word and for the year was this idea of flourish, and um, a month or two later, this little thing called COVID, I don't know if you've heard of it, began to happen, and the world shut down. And so I, I, during that time, I remember thinking like, what does this mean? Like if we felt and we prayed for this kind of vision and clarity and calling from the Lord and our prayer and our, what we felt like the Lord was calling us to do was to flourish, um, staying home and being isolated and COVID did not feel like flourishing. But hindsight being what it is, we began to see what the Lord did here at our church and the foundation that he laid. And so this past year was really as as the elders and I as the elder team began to gather at the end of 2021 this fall and our leaders, we began to pray about what our vision was going forward and what we felt like the Lord was doing. So we kind of came out of this idea of flourish and then this last year was we just felt was really foundational for us as a church. We felt like the Lord laid a really clear, healthy, foundation for leadership here at the Vessel, for what our identity was, what our calling was, what our mission was, what our core values are, and who we were as a people, like as a people of God, who we were called to be as a church. And so last year was just really foundational for us, and it was the first year we realized, the first calendar year that we had gathered as a church for the entire year, because we started the summer of 2019 so six months later, we start 2020, and then we stay home, and then we come back. And so 2021, for us, as hard as it was, it was just really foundational for us. And more than ever, we just felt a clarifying of who we are and our identity and what the Lord was calling us to do. And so this fall, we begin to talk about, okay, Lord, what is it for this next year? And what we really felt like was that a chapter for the vessel was closing and coming to an end at the end of 2021, and and this year began a new chapter. At the start of 2022 for us would be a new chapter. And I know this is silly, but the way I thought about it, like if you ever read a Wikipedia article and you read the history of a band or whatever it may be, in the Wikipedia article, the history section is broken down into like segments of like, hey, this is what happened. This was a start. This was a garage band. Then they got signed to a record label. And then, you know, the the rest of the rest of the story. But we felt like that that first chapter for us as a church was coming to a close. We felt like that that first chapter being like the Lord sending us out, planting this church here, raising up elders and creating a healthy eldership structure here at our church, our mission, our calling, surviving and thriving and flourishing during COVID, bringing people here to serve and to lead. So this fall, we started praying about and talking with our leaders about what is this next year gonna be? What is this gonna look like for us? And so as we get into that, um, we wanna really talk about what that vision is for us. And so uh, I wanna give you just a little bit of context about kind of seasons and visions as we jump in. And these are just some kind of some Old Testament truth about why vision matters and why calling for God's people matters as a church. So Proverbs 29 says this, says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but but he who keeps it the law is happy for there is no vision, the people perish. God's intention for us is to be a people of vision, a people of calling. Man has a tendency to, we, we cast our gaze upon what is around us. If you think about your life and where you cast your gaze, where you look, I don't know if you've ever, I used to be a PE teacher and a football middle school football coach. And so when you do that, You can ask Mr. Dustin, you do a lot of things other than just coaching. So we would have to paint the lines on our practice field a lot of times. And then um, I learned after I would paint my line and I'd walk and we paint the line for our practice. field. I look back and my line was doing this. It looked awful in the moment. I didn't realize it, but the problem wasn't what I really figured out real quick is you've got to look ahead and not down. If you can fix your eyes out, it's like if you mow your lawn and you're mowing a straight line, if you look out at a fixed point and you walk, you're gonna do a straight line. So the same idea is true about us, about vision, about not looking down our feet, or even looking back. We have a tendency to look back in hindsight and think, man, if I could have done things different, if mistakes weren't made, if transgressions didn't happen, if I don't live with this regret, we spend so much time looking back that we don't realize that the Lord is calling us to look forward as his people. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Perish. Song of Solomon, chapter two, says this. It says, see, the winter is past. And ironic, I know, as it's 20-something degrees on January 2nd. The winter is past. The rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The seasons of singing have come, and the cooing of doves is heard in our lands. We have a God that is a God of seasons and of change. And that with a new season, a new year, comes something new and fresh. Ecclesiastes 3 says, there's a time for everything season for every activity under the sun and under the heavens time to be born and time to die time to plant and time to uproot a time to kill and a time to heal a time to tear down and a time to build a time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing a time to search and a time to give up a time to keep and a time to throw away a time to tear and a time to mend a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Is so that we have a God that seasons and change matter. And what God is calling us to be as a church are a people of vision, a people of calling. So as we jump into this, and as kind of we introduce what our vision for this year is, I just want you to realize God's intention for us to be a people of vision to call us outward and call us forward to something new for his sake and his purpose and his kingdom. So let's pray and we'll, we'll jump in. Dear Lord, I thank you for the end of a year. God, I thank you for 2021 as um, it's easy to scoff and look back with hindsight and regret about things that happened or things that didn't happen. God, but we choose to see the things that you did. We choose to see your handiwork, in our lives, we choose to see the foundation that you've laid here at our church. God, and we thank you for the year that was. And I pray this morning, Jesus, as we open your word, God, as we turn our hearts to you in this moment and in this season, God, that you would breathe into us a fresh vision and a fresh calling. So that we will not perish, so that we will be a people of vision. God, realizing that you are calling us to do something, something of our own hands, God, not something that is temporary, God, but something that is eternal, something that is kingdom. So God, even now as we open your words, God, would you soften our heart and give us a kingdom perspective and vision for who you are calling us to be as a church. And we pray these things in your name, amen. So as we begin to pray and talk with our leaders about where we've come from and where we're going, our vision for 2022 is uh, the idea of build. I think, Ryan, we have a slide up there, brother. There we go, to build, that this is our vision for 2022 and what we feel like what God is calling us to do. And as we prayed about this morning, and we talked about it, uh, and we, we began to pray for our service. Gary asked me with our prayer team, he's like, hey, what are we building? Like, that's a great question. And we're going to talk about that. And so for the next month, we're going to talk about what does this mean? What does this look like? Not just understanding biblically what it looks like, but what does it look like for us? Like, what does change look like? What does it look like to build something? And so that our definition comes from Scripture. It's, uh, we're going to read in Psalm uh, 127 today that talks about building. Uh, and the definition biblically is to build, establish, or cause to continue. It, this is, this is a, a word that is an action word. It is not just a feeling or an emotion or a thought or something to intellectualize with ourselves, but it's a verb and it's an action word that that we're called to do. I think that you're going to see in Scripture uh, where we land on this Psalm chapter, uh, Psalm 127, the entire chapter, is our elder team this fall. Uh, Our chair of our elder board, Joe, was leading us through some prayer for the vessel and for you. And so we prayed through this psalm. And the Lord really struck my heart in that moment for this is what he's calling us to do. He's calling us to build and to partner with him to build. So let's read Psalm 127 uh, together and then we'll jump into a few things that I think are really important. So Psalm 127 says this, it's a song of ascent of Solomon. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. So this idea of building is what God has called us to do. So as we look at the scripture, there's a few things that are important for us to notice and to understand. Versus this, is that a house is built for a family. A house is built for a family. First 1 says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. And as you look through this scripture and as you read through this psalm, it has the language of family in it. It feels like the, the, the dying words of a father written to his son. And in fact, it feels that way because that's what it likely is. As they look back at this psalm, the psalm was written from David to his son Solomon as uh, kind of this wisdom that he's passing down to his son. And it feels like this very familial um, kind of spirit to it. And so verse three says, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward for him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. And so... And you think about what the purpose is and what you're building. My dad is a woodworker and my grandfather before him and my great grandfather before him. And it, that, that, the woodworking gene died with my, it will die with my dad because I got none of it, right? I'm not a builder. But when you think about what you're building and when you construct something and build something, you build it for a purpose. Everything you build has a purpose. And so a home and a house is built to be filled with a family, the people. That is what makes a house a home. It is just a house and a structure without a family inside. All right? This is what we are building. This is what God is calling us to build as a home and to realize that what God is building here is a family of believers. And so we read this scripture and we look at this kind of language of family that's written here. And, and it's interesting the way he talks about children are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. And blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. You see, for King David and Solomon, they knew times of war, times for fighting and battling. That was real to them. It was a part of life. It was part of life before them. It was a part of life after them. And so for us, that may seem like a foreign idea, the idea of raising up a family and God filling a house with a family to be ready to battle. But to be, to, to be honest with you, that may be to our detriment that we don't have that perspective. Ephesians 6 says this, it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, that we don't realize that what we are doing is we are in a war. And I'm not trying to be melodramatic. I'm just telling you what scripture says as Christ followers, as a church, as a family, we are in a battle. We are fighting for the lives of our neighbors, of our family, of our coworkers and our friends for the sake of Christ. That as we walk out of this place, we are to put on the full armor of God because we are called to battle for his kingdom, for his goodness. I've said this before, it's the reason that you're not, you don't just disappear upon the moment of salvation. As a Christ follower, if you call yourself a Christian, it's the reason you're here to be an ambassador of Christ. To put on the full armor of God to realize that what we are called to do as a family is to fight. To fight for those who are around us. To realize that our neighbors and those people that are far from the Lord, the loss and the broken and the hurting in our world and in our community, they are not our enemies. We are fighting for their lives. We are fighting for the sake of the gospel because what we believe is true about Christ is that there's life everlasting and that what God wants is a relationship to be a family, to adopt people as sons and daughters into his family. And that's what we're called to do. And that's what God wants to do here at The Vessel. God wants to grow the family. If this is a house, it is to be filled with a family. And that's what God is calling us to build is to build a house. Why? It's not so that we have more people for Lilo, so we can have a few more chairs out. It's not so that we can have a larger family dinner. It's not so we can have more people to exchange a gift with at Christmas. It's because we are in war. And we believe that what the Lord wants to do is reach the people of our community in his name and through his word. And I think about my own home and, and I consider the house that Shay and I live in and the family that is there. And uh, I love our home. I love our home, but there are a lot of things about it I would change. There are a lot of things would, about it I would change. Our, our carpet in our home is like vintage 1994 original carpet. And it is brutal. Like you steam clean it and you think that looks good. And then you walk by later, you're like, what is that? Where did that come from? Right, There are so many things about our home I would like to change. Right, my garage was one of them, but I had a friend come over and help me clean my garage, so that's not so bad. But over Christmas, we have family in town, and that is one thing I do love about our home, is that our home is constantly filled with family, with friends. And so this Christmas for us was really crazy and chaotic, as we had cousins and, and niece, our nephews in town, and our house was full of family. We had a Christmas Eve party with people all over the place, and so we, as crazy as it was, we had a wonderful time. And so one thing that was kind of came to the forefront during all this is like slamming doors. I don't know where this came from, but constantly I told people, don't slam doors, don't slam doors, don't slam doors. We had so many kids in the house. But The truth is, as I read this scripture and I think about my own house. I think about the life that's there, about the conversations, the meals that are had, the life that is done, the family that lives in that place. And I'm not just talking about me, Shay, and our three kids. I'm talking about the people that are in our lives. I love it. And yes, there are things that I would change about my family. There are things I would change about my house. And, And guess what? Our family is not perfect, right? I know yours might be, but ours is the exception. And we are not perfect. We are messy. It is bumpy, right? And that's what it looks like to do family. Over this Christmas break, we had all these people in our house, and let me tell you, I love our family, but I have things to apologize for. This Christmas, I was rude. I was inconsiderate. I had to apologize to people, and I was forgiven because that's what family is. It's about doing life together. It's about bearing one another's burdens. It's about loving one another. It's about living life together in patience and gentleness and respect and love. It's about forgiveness. You look at scripture and what the New Testament describes the church as is a family. And I've done church long enough to realize that, and this isn't an indictment on anyone, is that some people don't wanna do family. They don't wanna do it. And I get it. I get it because it is messy. If you're a part of a family, you can testify to it. But that's what God is calling us to do is to build a family. Second thing is this is that building is a partnership with God. Not only are we building a house to be filled with a family, but second thing is building is a partnership with God. We see men throughout scripture who are called by God. We see wise men that are called by God and not so wise men that are called by God. We see people that are really capable called by God. We see people that are really incapable called by God. But again and again, we see men That are called by God to do something for his purpose and for his kingdom. But more importantly and more significantly, we see God call a group of people to do his will and to do his work. Look at Abraham, that God called to birth a nation. Look at Moses, who God brought up and raised up to lead that nation to freedom. Look at Nehemiah, who we're gonna talk about, who rallied God's people to rebuild the city, to rebuild the wall. Look at Jesus, who called disciples around him, the man and the God that needed no help, surrounded himself with like the biggest ragtag bunch of guys to do his work and his will and his kingdom. That's what God does. And that's what we're called to do is partner with God Verse one, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. Here's the truth, is that God's heart for reaching a lost and broken world is through a partnership with his people. That is the church. That is his plan. That is what he is calling us to do is to partner with him. It doesn't say in this verse that God is going to do all the work and we just reap the benefits and we stand by and watch. It, it, it doesn't just imply, it literally says that we are to labor, that we are to build, that we are to watch over, that we are to protect, that we are to work in partnership with the God. But the problem is, is that we often disguise our laziness, our complacency, our fear of failure, we describe we we disguise these things as faithfulness and patience of the Lord. We don't take we don't take action, we don't move forward, we don't do anything. We say, "Well, I'm just being patient on the Lord. I'm just being faithful. I'm waiting on God." And the truth is, is these things can hinder us. And let's make, make no mistake: God wants to build His church. He wants to. You look through Scripture. You look through the New Testament. God wants his church to grow. God wants to build up his people. God wants to grow his family. At the day of Pentecost, when the gospels preach for the first time, it says, how many people are baptized? 3,000 people are baptized. Why does that matter? Why does scripture say it? Why does it tell you a number? Because it shows you that it matters. Is that God wants to build. God wants to grow his church. His church. But it's not that we just sit back and allow the Lord to do the work. God wants to partner with us. The Holy Spirit came and fell on the disciples day of Pentecost. They stood and they preached the gospel. Tongues of fire fell on them. And what did they do? Did they sit there and wait for it to fall on everyone? No, they stood and they told people the good news of Christ. They took action in partnership with the Holy Spirit. We can't just sit there and not take action and, and be complacent and call it, oh, we're just being patient the Lord. We're just being faithful. No, we're, 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 we're afraid to fail. I told Jessica this when she started leading worship for us. I told Gary when he led worship for us. I told Sean when he led worship for us before. I said, hey, freedom to fail, right? This is a place that we are free to fail. I mean, we sang that song, Build My Life, and it talks about about failure and no mistake, no failure is gone. The Lord uses all of it, but it only comes with partnership with him. And the other side of the coin is uh, true as well, is that this isn't man's work on behalf of God. I'm not saying that we've got to work really hard for God's sake or on his behalf. It is truly a partnership. This isn't a group project that God assigned us And you always have that one person in our group, Dustin, that doesn't work very hard and then wants to grant the end. That's not what we're doing here, right? This isn't group work for us to do and report back to the Lord. We're not looking for man's best effort because if we're looking for man's best effort, what will we get? Man's best effort. That's not what God's calling us to do. It's not what we're looking for. It's not good enough. We want to be a part of something that's miraculous, It is a miracle. We want people to be a part of and see a move of God on his people that is unexplainable, that is undeniable, that is miraculous, that is magnificent, that is not possible through man alone, but only through partnership with God. We are seeking an act of God. And I'm not trying to be, again, melodramatic. I'm just being straight. That is what we are seeking from the Lord, a movement of the Lord and we will settle for nothing less. In 1 Corinthians, um, Paul writes it and says it this way as we read through this fall. It says, but if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they're convicted of sin and brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare, so they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is surely among you. I mean, Scripture literally says if, it, if, if, it, if someone comes in this door, If someone engages with this church and this family of believers, that they will exclaim, God is surely among them. God is really among you. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, a gathering coming together on Sunday morning, the church being together, when you come together, each of you has a hymn, a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue of or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Everything must be done so the church may be built up. Everything that we are to do is so that the church and the family of God can be built up for his sake, for his kingdom and his glory. And if they look and they come in, they say, look what they did. We've fallen short. We've missed the mark. We want people to come in and say, wow, look at what the Lord is doing. We want to be a part of something that is eternal and miraculous, not man's best plans. You know, as a pastor, I want to be ordinary. That's what I want. I want to be an ordinary person. I want my tombstone to say an ordinary guy who served an extraordinary God, right? You can put it on there. That's what I want. That's what we should want for us. And then the last is this. Last thing, as we consider what it means and our calling as a church and our vision to build is that everyone has a job. Everyone has a job. I want you to listen to scripture again. I want you to listen to the plurality of this scripture. Although this is a father writing to his son, this is the spirit of God writing to his people. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders, plural, labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat where he grants sleep to those who he loves. This is a Psalm that is written for a group of people, for a family of believers. This is not the calling of one man. This is not just for Solomon to do. This is what God is calling his people to do, is to build. And the truth is our calling as a church is only possible if we all say yes and participate. We all hear the call to build and we say yes, and we realize that we were a part of that building. I can't be more urgent. The time is now. This is what God is calling us to this year to build. When we, if you know much about the history of the vessel and kind of where we came out of, when we came out of our of ACF to plant this church, we had three months to plant a church, which is next to impossible. And so we couldn't wait for. Hey, what should we be called? Let's pray. Let's do these things. And so we just had to hit the ground and run as fast as we could. And the Lord was good to bring us out of that season and to birth this church. And so as we started this process of planting this church, like the legal process of planting a church, um, we had to come up with an entity. And at that time, we were reading through the book of Nehemiah. And the Lord spoke powerfully to us as what we were building during that time. The foundation that was being laid here at the vessel. And so we landed, and there's a scripture in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 18, that spoke powerfully to us. So if you ever look, our church is Vessel Collective Church, but we, we are truly, our, the ministry that we're under is called Nehemiah 218 Ministries, Nehemiah 218 Ministries. So if you get a statement at the end of the year, which you should be getting soon if you give to the vessel, uh, it will likely come from Nehemiah 218 Ministries, and that's from this verse as we were planning, the Lord spoke to us. It says, and this is Nehemiah who's gathered God's people, who's gone back to Jerusalem to rebuild this city. Verse 18, and I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good and also for the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, let us rise up and build. Let us rise up and build. So they began this good work. Is it God has called us to put our hands to the plow, and to labor together to build his church. I hope and I pray that that, that your heart, that fills your heart, that that gives you purpose, that it puts wind in your sails for what God has called us to do. When we talk about ministry and kind of our, our, how we do ministry here at The Vest, we talk about three things. We talk about inward, outward, and upward. Inward ministry means, uh, any iron sharpening iron, that's our children's ministry, that's our student ministry, that's our small groups, that's our men's authenticity groups, that's our women's Bible studies, it's us sharpening one another. It's inward ministry, it's discipleship, it's how we grow as Christ followers. When you talk about outward ministry, that's our, our special needs ministry, that's uh, our partnering with the homeless ministry and Pamela and Brian. And hey, praise God for socks and hats, right, today? And the Lord's good. Um, and so, you know, that we are to love those around us, that we are to serve our neighbor, that we are to, for the sake of the gospel, we are to go out and to love the world that's around us. And we talk about upward ministry. It is the body of Christ. It's a family of believers coming together and ministering to God and God ministering to us together. That's what we're doing That is what this is. It's God bringing his people together. And when we open God's word and we read and we hear together, it's different than when God speaks to you during your quiet time or when you spend time with the Lord. And you should do that. It's the same thing as you should have a personal worship life. But when we come together and we gather here and we minister to our father, we adore our father as his children, that is upward ministry. That is upward ministry. So what God is calling us to do is to gather together to be a church. So I wanna give you three things on what to do. This is the most tangible thing I can tell you to do as we close. The first is this, is to tell other people about your church. If this is your church, if you call the vessel home, tell others about it. Tell people about this church. Invite people to church. Tell them of what a wonderful place, and body of Christ this is. And if it's not, and I'm not, this isn't judging, like bless you, there are great churches. And if you are not at your church and totally in love with the, what the Lord is doing there, that might not be the place for you. And that's okay, we're not perfect, right? But tell other people about your church, right? Do you believe in the ministry of what we're doing? Do you believe in the relationships that are here? And tell others. I don't know if you know this, but our student ministry is growing like crazy. Our student ministry is exploding in growth, amen. TJ's not here for me to brag on, but a lot of our leaders are. And do you know why it's growing? I'll I'll throw TJ under the bus since he's not here. It's not because of TJ. Man, praise God for TJ leading our students. It's not because of our leaders. And praise God that they're there serving and loving those students. It is growing because our students are bringing other students. It is growing because they are telling their friends, I'm gonna brag on Sloan a little bit. So my daughter's in sixth grade, so when she started going to youth group, we started telling her, we said, hey, you gotta invite your friends, you should invite your friends. She's like, I don't know. I don't know if I should do that. And we're like, yes, you should invite them. And so Sloan started inviting her friends. So Sloan invited Caroline. Caroline brought her sister, Emma. Emma brought her boyfriend, Ben, right? That's how it happens. And you see our students are growing because they're bringing their friends. They're telling their friends about it. Man, we've got to have that same, we, we don't need to overcomplicate it. There are people in your life that need to know Jesus and that need to be plugged into a body of Christ. And tell your friends about him. bring them. Right, that's what our students are doing. And guess what? Shay fills her 2012 Toyota Sienna with middle school kids every single Sunday night and, and brings them up here. Brings them to church. Bring your friends to church. Tell people about the vessel. Second thing, commit to being here on Sundays. Commit to being here every Sunday. We cannot grow and we cannot build if we're not together. Does it make Sunday morning a priority? And I I understand like that you're busy Man, I want you to to be here, to prioritize being a part of this on Sunday morning, to gathering together. And we cannot grow as a family if we don't come together as a family. We can't grow as a family if we don't come together as a family. As crazy as our house was over Christmas break and as many doors that were slammed, our cousins and our family was together. And man, they love being together. And they get along in various degrees of cooperation, Right, the two middles, they're like uh, these two old, grumpy old men that love one another but just argue. And then our olders, they get along better. But being together is how you grow a relationship. It's how you grow as a family. So be here on Sunday morning, make it a priority. And the third is this, is to welcome someone into your home. If we are building a house and building a home here, and that's what God is calling us to build, this is our home. So we are to welcome people into our home. If someone is new as in a guest and they walk into your house, what do you do? Morning. Thanks. Yeah, good to see you. You do that on the way to the... No, you welcome them in. Hi, I'm Jake. Thank you so much for coming. What is your name? You welcome people. All right? So guess what? You just got signed up for guest services. You are now part of the guest services team. If you call the vessel home... You are now part of guest services. You need to be here at 945. I'm not kidding, right? This is our home. One of my favorite movies, I don't know if I should say this, but I will. One of our favorite movies, I love the breakup Vince Vaughn, Jennifer Anderson. It's so funny. He is so funny. And Shay and I watched that movie together. And there are little moments of tension during that movie because he behaves in a way which Shay's like, mm hmm, you see this guy and you're the same way. And one of those ways is he gets home from work one day and they're having people over that night for dinner. And he's like, oh man, I just need to unwind. Let me sit on the couch and play a little video games. Let me just. She's like, no, you got to get ready. People are coming. You got to jump in the shower. People are going to be here. He's like, no, 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 I'll be ready. I'll be ready. And the doorbell rings for people to get there. He's like, I'm going to get in the shower. He goes and jumps in the shower, right? That's rude. You got to welcome people into your home. And I'm sorry, Shay, I do that sometimes. But we got to welcome people into our home and realize that what the Lord wants us to build is a home, is a family. And we desperately want him to grow this family. Amen. Tell others about the vessel, and you can go if you, if you can go online right now and write a Google review as long as it's five-star, which seems silly, but it's helpful. I can't tell you how much I've learned about search engine optimization and how important those are. Thank you, David McINulty, right? And tell people, tell people about this place. Bring your friends. Invite them. Be committed to being here on Sunday mornings. It's what God's calling us to do. I love this family. I love my family. I have real family and I love this family. I believe in what we're doing. I believe in what the Lord is building. And I'm excited for this year to see God build this place. Let's stand and let me pray. And we'll go. Thank you for joining us this morning for our service. We are publishing content throughout the week for Church at Home through our social media and website. For more information, visit www.vessel.church.